0: What are you going to do, Commissioner? There's only one thing we can do.
1: Batman, sir, it's the Batphone. Yes, Commissioner. we'll be right there. Van power. Batman. This is Batman land. Be careful. Maybe a trap. Each week, we chat about the 1966 Batman TV show.
2: We're Batman and Robin, the crime fighters.
1: We discuss the episodes that aired this week on SBS Vice Land. My name is Dan Barrett. I work at the SBS site, The Guide. And look, I don't want to speak ill of my co-host, but around the office we do call him the Ice Queen. It's my always chilly colleague, Nick Bassine. I took that as a compliment. As well you should. I mean, I didn't realise you knew. Oh, uh, well, I knew. Okay, well this makes it awkward. Now, joining us in the Batman Land Cave this week, it's a freelancer whose work you may have read on CBR and Multiversity.com. It's the as ice, Chris Neal. Ice to see you. Oh no, I knew someone nice. was going to do it and I didn't think it'd be this early into the podcast. Setting up uh, high expectations. <laughs> Look, it's definitely something. Uh, let's establish credentials. Who
0: are you? What's your deal? My name is Chris. I'm a uh, freelance pop culture writer. I've written
1: mostly about comic stuff. Are you a DC or a Marvel guy?
0: Uh I don't know. That's a really hard question. Like, there are certain things I like about both of them. Like, at the moment, I think I'm vibing more with, like, what DC is putting out on the stands. But probably overall, maybe Marvel. Like, my favourite superhero stuff is Daredevil and the X-Men.
1: And um, are you just, like, a comics guy or is like, the broader, like, multimedia world of superheroes that draws you in?
0: I guess I'm a comics guy in that, like, I'm not just superheroes. Like, I love... Like, I worked in a comic store for three years and, like, I love so many different things outside of, like, that superhero genre like i love love and rockets and like daniel clow's eight ball like those are probably like two of my all-time favorite series like akira i think is like one of the best comics ever made
1: on this subject let's give a recommendation what's a good non-superhero book that people should be reading right now Um, now that you're on the spot
0: uh, i think the best like literally my favorite comic that's being published at the moment uh it's coming out from image it's called the wicked and the divine uh it's by a guy called kieran gillan and an artist called jamie McKelvey. Uh, And the concept is every 90 years, literal gods reincarnate as like the big pop culture figures of the era. So like back in the 20s, they were like, Jazz age poets and writers, so like F. Scott Fitzgerald and stuff like that. But the modern version of that is they reincarnated as like musical pop stars. So it's not Kanye West and not Taylor Swift uh figures. Um and the idea of it behind. But obviously it is, they
1: absolutely are. Yeah, like yeah. one of them
0: literally looks like Kanye West. And the the concept behind it is like we treat uh celebrities like gods. So like what if they were literally gods? Week get like month in, month out, that is like the best book on the stands. Just Really strong characters and like a really really nicely built world and just just stuff that's been like it's coming to the uh, the end of its arc now. I think it's like ten issues out from finish. It's up to issue like forty at the moment and. Just stuff that, like, they've set up, like, three, four years ago is starting to pay off, like, really good long-term storytelling. Like, I think it definitely stands shoulder to shoulder with a lot of, like, big popular non-superhero books like uh, The Sandman from the 90s and, like, Preacher. Like, everyone loves those series, and I think Wicked and Divine has the makings of being one of those, like, non-superhero but, like, really, really good classic comics.
1: Yeah, so now, now that readers like Chris have put in the hard yards... And, you know, they've actually supported the book during all this time. People can just sweep in now and not have to worry about having to see things pay off. It'll be like a weekend read. Can I ask you a comic book store question? Yeah, sure. You know, those
2: thousand dollar figurines yes. of uh, a <laughs> two foot tall uh, Batman or whatever. Yeah, do people yeah. buy that stuff.
0: Yeah, they do. And they get weirdly specific about them. Like, oh. I remember we got in like some fancy Batman statue and we got we would always get two of them in. Cause we'd have one for display and then we'd have one out the back. So it was kind of like mint and box and pristine. And like we, a guy came in to like buy one uh, and he was like, can I see it and all that and stuff. And he like, he pulled it out and started like inspecting the mm. box and stuff. And then like took it out and inspected the figure and all that. And was like, Oh, this part where it's been molded and like painted and stuff, the paint job isn't good. Can I get a discount for it? And I was just oh. like, no, absolutely not. Like this is how it's come. Either you can buy it or you don't. And he was like, all right. And like he took it and packed it all up and like left and didn't buy it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then apparently he came back a few days later because a lot of those figures, they do like limited runs. So they're like one of 250. He came back and was like. And they're all numbered. Yeah, they're all numbered and stuff. Mm -hmm. He came back and was like, well, the selling reselling on eBay for like twice of what it is here. So I guess I have no other choice but to buy it. (laughs) But I'm not happy about it. And it's like, well, I don't care, man. Just take your Batman statue home and put it in your cupboard. So, like, it'll never see the light of day and, like, depreciate in value. Do they? Are they keeping it in the box? Some are, some aren't. Like, I have a friend who buys all, like, he's into, like, the figures and stuff. Um, and he has, like, a glass cabinet where, like, each level is a certain thing. Like, he has one that's all, like, Spider-Man figures and one that's Star Wars ones. And, like has them out in like a nice display and like those look nice and like I have a couple figures as well like I'm not big into it because I can't wrap my head around paying triple figures for like a statue I'm going to put on my shelf and be like that looks pretty can't do anything else with it now but like yeah I know some just like they will buy it and they'll put it away and like keep it mint it's the same thing that you get a lot of comic book collectors who come in and like will buy copies and like bag them and board them or like put them in the like CGC graded like plastic coffins and like put them away and be like this is like airtight so it can't like age over time and people can't touch it with their like gross sticky fingers and it's just here forever entombed in this prison and it's like i guess that's some way to enjoy it yeah for me
1: i like it if it's a bathtub toy something you can use uh how much time are you spending in a bathtub on a weekly basis
2: i do um a lot of my best writing in the bathtub just like dalton trumbo
1: hmm i understand that reference and just like the seal in this episode but we'll get to that. I remember there was a seal. Yeah, was and a, a bathtub. Yeah. It's in a bathtub. And in a bathtub. But, Nick, I don't really remember what happened in these episodes. Come on. I do know that we've got two episodes here. There was one called I Spy, which aired on the 29th of March, 1967. And it's follow up episode, The Duo Defy, which aired on the 30th of March, 1967. The last week, we're going to have two Batman episodes that aired in the one week because next week it went weekly.
2: No, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. But, Nick,
1: I don't remember what happened. What happened?
2: Okay, so some professor is taking a formula to make instant ice to Gotham on a boat, but it's stopped by a fake iceberg. An iceberg? Commandeered by Dr. Freeze, who kidnaps the professor. The jet nozzles in this color keep me permanently in a sub-zero temperature. He wants to cover the entire Earth with an ice cap. Mr. Freeze wants what? But the professor won't give up the formula. You'll see about that, professor. Freeze sends a homing seal to the police with a ransom note for the professor. Right, he flipped right in here. Batman and Robin bring a suitcase full of phony money to Mr. Mr. Freeze, who tosses the wimps into a sub-zero temperature vaporizing cabinet. You're not even chilly. They get out of it through the escape hatch, which Mr. Freeze apparently didn't know about. Holy escape hatch. Batman and Robin take a nap. Even crime fighters need their sleep, Robin. Mr. Freeze threatens the president of the United States. He's going to freeze the country. Holy chill blades. Batman and Robin wake up from their nap.
0: Ready, old chump? You bet. Here we go.
2: Let the messenger seal go and follow it to Mr. Freeze's iceberg. And do I have a chilling clincher for the Cape Crusaders? There's a fight involving a stuffed polar bear and the
1: police show up in parkas. Okay, so let's maybe just focus on, I think, maybe the most important thing that happened in these two-part episodes. Mm -hmm. Batman and Robin, Batman, with his thirst for justice, his quest, which sees no impediment, he stops and takes a nap.
2: Yeah, he um, yawns. A time. He's tired after um, some very minimal crime-fighting, minimal effort, mm. uh, and he's tired. I mean, this show surprises me. Every episode, there's something new in it, and that felt like a new low for Batman to do nothing.
1: Can I propose something that may be taking place here? You may have noticed in the very first episode of this two-parter, there's no Alfred Pennyworth to be seen. This is the only uh, time that Alan Napier hasn't appeared in an episode to date. Well, that's interesting. Could it be that maybe Alfred's off for the week and they're You've just been like doing a whole, well? There's a whole lot work. of work to be done. Yeah, he's vacuuming. He's doing a bit of dusting. I assumed Alfred was
0: off making the weird like slot car room they have at the end of the second episode. That's a good call. Like they were just like, oh, look, we got to go fight some crime, Alfred. Uh, oh wait, he was you go at the end. Do this. He comes in the second episode. Oh, second episode. In The first episode. Not so actually, I assume yeah. he was off like adding another room to the Stately Wayne Manor and being like, this is just the slot car room. It'll get used heaps. Like put all the money down and we'll make it now.
1: Yeah, because Bruce does say at one point, "How did you get away with like creating this room without me knowing about it?"
0: Yeah, it was really confusing. Oh, that's right. The no. whole time you were I would thought he was supposed creating...
1: to be the world's
2: greatest detective. I don't know you'd think. Yeah, I thought uh, maybe the the seal had eaten him.
1: <laughs> Can we talk about the seal? Um, please. I, I I brought notes
0: and on <laughs> my notes there's like a couple things in all caps and one of them is just seal messenger and then check of seal because that seal comes back and helps like without that seal they're not able to like track down Mr.
1: Freeze. Like, they set it all up. They're like, just keep watching that seal. It's going to pay off. They don't use the phrase Chekhov's seal during the show, do they? They don't. They should have. No, they really should. Do you want to explain Chekhov's seal? Obviously, a reference Chekhov's gun. And what's the principle behind Chekhov's gun?
0: Uh, Chekhov's gun is that, like, if you introduce a gun in a scene, like, early on in, like, your story or whatever, that has to come back into use later in the story. So, if you set something up... Like has a to homing come back seal. In, yeah, where it's like, we're going to set up the seal and he's here and they just kind of, like... There's a weird bit where they go back to the police precinct and they're like, Chief O'Hara, where's the seal? And Chief O'Hara is like really casual, just like, oh, it's in a bathtub on the second level. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, why are you so casual about this, like, absolutely abnormal Do you know situation? how many seals
1: go through the Gotham Police Department office on a regular basis? Why would there, there a be a, a bathtub the in the police department?
0: I, sometimes crime is, crime is sweaty work. Yeah, There'd I mean, be
1: showers. Sometimes you want to relax. Even in the 60s. There's some police officers who do their best writing and work in the bathtub. So uh, touche. I uh,
0: feel like touche, the yeah. bathtub is where Commissioner Gordon goes to like unwind about Chief O'Hara. Because I feel like Commissioner Gordon hates Chief O'Hara a lot. Because there's a bit in this where like they're talking about uh, the president's teleprompter getting frozen and like Commissioner Gordon like explains it all and like Chief o', he's like, uh, what do you think the president saw when he looked out in his teleprompter and Chief O'Hara goes, his speech? And then Commissioner Gordon and like cuts really, really fast. C- Commissioner Gordon going, no, it was frozen. And I was like, Whoa, oh, chill out, Commish. Like, yeah. Let's not fly off the handle here. Like He's just, you know, you ask them a question and that's the best answer he could give you.
2: <laughs> well, to be fair, Chief O'Hara is a certifiable
0: dunce. Oh, absolutely! I don't know how he got into his position of power.
2: I imagine that he, like, and many of the other um, people on the police force in Gotham City, have hit their head on that bathtub and are and are just operating at half capacity.
1: Yeah. Now, I don't know if we've talked about this on a podcast before. We may have. Uh, apparently, Stafford Rep, who played Chief O'Hara, and Neil Hamilton, who plays Commissioner Gordon, they hated each other. Like the oh, two of them really? scene after scene working side by side and they just did not get along. <laughs> Neil Hamilton particularly was very, uh, very spiny, I guess, to deal with on the set. That makes really? a lot of sense. Really? Yeah. a lot
0: of things in context here. It
1: really does. And you look at the two of them and you can tell, like occasionally there'll be like glances and gestures where you can tell that they are in a very unpleasant situation.
2: Well, that makes me a little sad because so, it's just there, he's such a goofball. I'd like to
1: apologize. I'm sorry, Nick, for breaking the facade
2: you'd think they'd have a little bit more perspective about what they're, the happiness they're bringing to children and get along. Can we talk about Emma Strunk?
0: Emma Strunk! I'm Glacier Glaze, Batman.
1: Which may be my favorite name in all of TV and films at this point. Don't you mean
0: Glacier Glaze? Yeah. I, I know her
1: like, as Glacier Glaze. Yeah. Well I know as the world-renowned skating queen, now known as Glacier Glaze. Have
2: you ever been to a skating show,
1: an ice skating show? At the Bruce Wayne Ice Arena or otherwise.
0: Uh, not an ice skating. I think I might have gone to like Disney on ice when I was really, really young. Like yeah, yeah, I have yeah. like fume, like childhood <laughs> like fume memories of that. Of like, I vaguely remember being five and
1: doing that. I was watching Batman and Robin uh, with the red phone, and there was the Batman talking on the red phone. They did the cross-phone thing that I've done a couple of times now on the show, yes, which never gets old comedically. But I was watching Robin leaning in to try to hear what's going on in a telephone handset. And we've seen this a number of times, and it's only now I've realized, why doesn't Batman have a speakerphone? Well, I
2: assume that that technology, along with connecting a three-way phone call, it
1: just was not invented. He's got back computers downstairs, a computer (laughs) for every occasion. He can't put a speaker on a phone. I feel like yeah, it would be little... I don't know. I feel like it's the if he puts it on speakerphone,
0: you get that like, oh, you're clearly talking on a speakerphone like uh that echo you get. And then like Chief Ahara in there being like, why does it sound like Bruce Wayne is in the same room as Batman on the phone at the moment? Like Also, he's just holding the other receiver up to his
2: chest. Yeah. Like that's going to totally mute it. He's going they're gonna hear both sides of the conversation. I did think that that was my That was one of my favorite Adam West acting moments, though. That's some of his best work. It was very impressive. Yeah,
0: it's fantastic. And we
2: will have a dummy package of money. A dummy package of money? That sounds risky. Risk is our business, Mr. Wayne. Of course, Batman, I have the same faith in you that all of Gotham City has. I hope Robin and I are deserving of that faith.
1: Have we seen Batman and Robin exit through the commissioner's window before? I would have to assume that, yeah. We've seen villains come through the window. I think the Riddler came through the window, maybe like the John Aston Riddler, but I don't remember Batman and Robin. And when they exited, this is really me segueing to the celebrity cameo of the man popping his head out the window. Oh
0: my God. Yeah. I... Celebrity cameo in quotes. Who was
1: familiar with the Carpet King?
0: Uh, I All I know about the Carpet King is apparently he's just some dude who owns like a carpet chain and apparently sold a carpet to the show's executive producer. And yeah, William Dozier. He must have loved that carpet and he's just like, nice man. This shag on my feet, pristine. I do this little show called Batman. You want to pop your
1: head out? Do a little cameo. Yeah, so apparently in Southern California, he was very well known. So like Jingle was on the radio and everyone knew the... Carpet King from that but outside of that people are scratching their heads in the way that I'm looking at Nick's face right now He has never looked more confused I I was
2: so confused and I I looked up the Carpet King and I I found out that Carpet King makes flooring easy we specialize in installation of brand name flooring products and warrant (laughs) your
0: install for life I had to really dig around to find out who the hell this person was does the Carpet King preside (laughs) over the carpet court that's the Australian one yeah
1: yeah, I presume so.
0: Yeah, carpet court, get at me. Um, hook us up. <laughs> also, did you know
2: that? Notice that Batman, the show, in addition to exhibiting generally fascistic tendencies and supporting the Vietnam War, uh, they're also monarchists. Yeah, mm. with their um, pro-queen um, diatribe. She's like, there
0: is no king. There's only a queen. Yeah, now. and she's a fine lady at that.
1: Look, I did notice that. I also noticed that usually there's a few celebrities to note. Carpet king aside. There were two prominent names in this week's episode. Big names. Who were the two that stood out for you? Eli Wallach is huge. He is huge. Uh, There was a comment made in one of the articles I was reading about the episode. He got more fan mail for his appearance as Mr. Freeze than any other role he's played in his career. I know him from The Magnificent Seven and The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is
2: my favorite western of all time.
0: That's my favorite movie of all time as well.
2: It's amazing
0: yeah, that movie. I, I was really confused. I assumed that like this episode was going to end with like Batman leaving, Mister Freeze precariously perched on that top of like great. a like melting thing, while like <laughs> Mister Freeze is in a noose and like Batman just rolls into oh, the that sunset. That would have been so great. I, I don't know. I had ex- expectations and they didn't really pan out. Um,
2: yeah, I love that movie, and it was a pleasure to see Eli Wallach doing his German accent, I guess.
1: Um, well, because the German accent was established with the previous two actors. You had um, Otto Preminger previously there, but also George Sanders.
2: Is Mr. Freeze, did you say that Mr. Freeze is a, there are some of these bad guys that are invented, or some of these characters are invented on the show and then, become, then go into the comics? Like Batgirl, is that right?
1: Batgirl uh, was invented. Uh, no, Bat no, no, Batgirl was always in the comics. No, it she was Batwoman been... initially and then yeah. Batgirl a few years after that. Yeah,
2: But the show did start some people, some yeah, characters. Like I Mr. Freeze,
1: I'm pretty Egg
0: sure. Egghead is a TV show first. Um, the- Mr. Freeze was comics Oh, was he? First. He was originally Dr. Zero. That's right. Um, oh, all right. And then I think they changed him to Mr. Freeze because like Dr. Zero is, I don't know. I it's all Doct- weird a weird name. I thought
1: Dr. Zero had existed and then he became Mr. Freeze in the show and then that went into the comics. I think so, yeah. I think the show right. okay. influenced that. I'm trying to remember previous Wikipedia research on this one.
2: I was just going to say that my favorite Eli Wallach performance is in the, the show Whoopee.
1: I see. I thought you were going to go for the Edward Norton, Ben Stiller film, Keeping the Faith. Oh, well, I've, I've I've seen that movie. Yeah, he plays Ben Stiller's rabbi boss. Um, no, I'm just joking, obviously. Man. He's been in
2: millions of weird TV shows and just done little appearances here and there
1: and I've referenced this on the podcast before I'm currently re-watching ER oh he's been in ER that's right I saw him in a 2003 episode just a couple of days ago did you
2: remember when you saw this did you remember him in that episode
1: oh I mean I knew it was Eli Eli Wallach and I remembered him from Keeping the Faith starring Ben Stiller and Edward Norton does ER stand for Eli Wallach Uh, I believe that there's an R which is not <laughs> Eli Rolick. He says it with his like weird German accent. Yeah, it's very easy to get that confused. Uh, now, I was saying there was a number of notable people in yeah, this episode, who... Nick. Who else did you notice in here? Um, I
2: Again, don't know. Again, Carpet King aside. It's a man, so I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Alicia? Elisha? Cook uh, Jr.? Who was this? He was the professor who has the uh, the formula to make pe- make everything ice he's in he's in shane the maltese falcon the big sleep rosemary's baby he's a big character actor okay yeah uh
1: the person that stood at me was from the first episode there was a character named carol very small character played by an actress named sky aubrey now she's notable to me as the ex-wife of uh superman movie producer ilya salkind oh now that name probably doesn't mean anything to you but if you see it absolutely Christi- nothing. The Christopher Reeve it means Superman absolutely movies, nothing to me. The Christopher Reeve Superman movies. <laughs> okay, the Salkind family controlled the Superman character. What's the name again? Ilya Salkind. 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 All right. They controlled the Superman movies. So essentially they were envisioning them as like these big campy movies in the style of the 1960s Batman. Like this the family it's like a Russian name but I think they might be German. I'm not too sure where the family come from.
0: You've kind of turned to look at me
1: as though, like, you know the answer You're to this, question. I like, did. But anyway, <laughs> this is the ex-wife of one of the producers of that film. Okay. Cold hard fact. <laughs> oh,
0: no. Get out of here immediately. Yeah. I think that's the big thing I took away from this episode is watching this made Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin make a lot more sense. Like, everyone being like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's saying all the ice puns and, like, he's ruining the character and it's like- Oh, this is just how he already was. Like in the 60s show? Like I've never seen that. He just starts dropping all those lines. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is. The puns, is, this there's is what so many for. of them.
2: I have a, a separate aside um, pun question. You know how um, McBain in a, a clip from one of his movies on The Simpsons says, Ice to see you when he bursts out of that ice sculpture? Is that before or after Batman and
0: Robin? It's
1: I,
2: more
0: before. I think it's before. Because Batman and Robin's 97? I want to say that was one oh, so of the early would be well before then. Yeah.
2: So, because I think Arnold Schwarzenegger says, He does, yes ice to yeah. see you. And that's a kind of weird culture eating yeah. itself Life sort of moment. Art. Yeah.
0: Also, how did McBain fit in that ice sculpture? That cartoon <laughs> was very unrealistic.
1: Very unrealistic. Now, there was one other actor I want to highlight in this one, which is the seal. <laughs> Can you believe this was the only TV credit that Seal had? Are you try- Do you want to highlight it because it made you so hungry? A little bit. To watch it work? Oh, God. Can you see my mouth <laughs> is salivating a little bit more? This is a joke. One should not eat Seal. <laughs> um, I do like we got to see the Batcopter, which we haven't seen much this season. And when, when we do, it's usually stock footage, like from the Batman movie. Yeah. They just use the same footage. I think we've got some new clips in this episode. It's probably just leftover clips from when they filmed it initially.
2: The exteriors of the icebergs was very fancy. Yeah. It very expensive. Um, neither
1: Best of you are footage. helicopter pilots by any chance. No, no, I've been you know, in a
2: helicopter, though, and it's the top most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life.
1: Okay, well, you're the expert in the room on this. Definitely. Do you think a helicopter could land on one of those icebergs? Because it was very pointy.
2: How you would do it is you would just run the helicopter right into the iceberg, just kind of get
0: it stuck in there horizontally. And then you'd climb out. I thought they mentioned, like, they inflated the bat pontoons. So I assume they, like, landed near an iceberg, then jumped off. Did they mention the bat pontoon? I heard them say inflate the pontoons. <laughs> we'll drop down, but I don't think we can land on it. You'd better inflate the bat pontoons. Check the compass and advise
2: Commissioner Gordon of our location.
0: Maybe that's yeah. a euphemism. for. I mean, I've, I've never piloted a helicopter. I don't know if that's standard helicopter I'll tell factors. you one thing. Helicopters don't look all
2: that safe now. In the 60s, they look even more unsafe. That dome thing, that's not protecting anybody from anything. That glass dome.
1: No. Also, I feel uncomfortable calling it a helicopter. We call it a whirlybird from this point in. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Mm. Now, I just want to talk broadly about the Batman TV show. So, this is the season finale for season two. We've seen a progression of these episodes getting... I would maybe safely say worse and worse the season's been going on. <laughs> There's been a couple of good perlers like towards the back end of this season. But season two is obviously a far less effective season than season one. What are you basing that on? Just personal taste. I feel oh, like the well, second part of this episode, right.
0: I feel like the second part of this episode wasn't Like the first part was good. Like I like that first part. And then that second part was just kind of like, oh, we've got about like 10 minutes of actual story here let's stretch it out like that entire scene at the end with them in the slot cars is like oh we've come under by like three minutes what can we do uh, batman robin and alfred and the arnie they play slot cars in some room that they've built in wayne manor that's genius
2: what do you think has gotten worse the storytelling the acting
1: the um costumes Okay, so I've been looking in the list of episodes and where I feel that it's chronologically just been getting worse and worse. And what I think it is, and I should say, I think it's valiant watching these. I still find them very entertaining. To these watch are them. much
2: better than the uh, Black Widow ones.
1: Yeah, which we w- watched a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, they were rough. Yeah. But what I think is happening is just a sense of desperation happening. So I was looking at some of the production dates and what they were doing roughly around that time. So do you remember there was a period maybe like seven or eight episodes ago, where they had two three-part episodes, like a few weeks apart. The word that we'd seen around the place was that they'd shot the first three-parter as a way to stitch them together as a movie that they're going to package overseas. And like, that made sense. When you watch those episodes, it kind of felt a little bit movie structure-like. But then there was like another week, and then there was another three-parter, and you watched that one, and it felt like a really loose three episodes. And I was looking at the dates that they went to air, and it was at the beginning of January in 1967. At the exact same time they were doing that, there's actually a script that was floating around, which was the presentation of Batgirl, which if you get onto YouTube, you can see it. We won't be broadcasting it here on SBS because it's not a TV episode. But it's a short little presentation reel they made with Yvonne Craig, who played Batgirl, and it's them trying out to see whether or not Batgirl works sort of alongside Batman and Robin and how that feels as a TV show. So then at the beginning of season three, they kick off Batgirl and that becomes, you know, part of the law. But back then they were obviously looking around saying, what do we do with this show? Because the ratings had cratered For season. Had th- uh, season they though? Why is, why is had- Eli Wallach showing up on the show when it's cratering? Well, I'm not too sure. I mean, you'd have to ask Eli Wallach's manager from 1966 about this. Although I Eli think Wallach will, will kids, be in
2: Whoopi and, or anything, pretty much.
1: I think his kids
0: told him to do it. Like, I think I was looking yeah. up that thing where I was like, I got the most fan mail. I feel like his kids, oh, Okay. someone offered like, do you want to do Batman? And his kids were like, do it, Dad! And he was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll go
1: be the Iceman. Now, if you consider the ratings, so I was looking at what the ratings were doing in Season 1 against Season 2. In season one, because you've got two episodes every week, there's Wednesday and Thursday nights, the Thursday night, the second part of each of these storylines, always rated better. And apparently that's because on Wednesday night, Lost in Space was on. Okay, so you lost a bit of viewership Mm. there. As a combined sort of look across the season, generally about, like, number five on the ratings was the Thursday night episode of Batman. So this is a top five TV show in the US. And then the Wednesday night episode, the part ones, uh, that ranked about ten. So, like, these are a big deal as far as TV goes. But come season two, they dropped out entirely from the top 30. Oh. Okay. So, I mean, it was a huge pop culture phenomenon, but you hit season two and then suddenly the. Oh, heat that's had died interesting. Off. So, you're looking at it, and halfway through the season, they're playing around with this uh, presentation video of Batgirl. They're playing around with these three part episodes. You know, they're really trying to find a way to make sure their cash cow was still going to keep on. So, does it
2: go back up on for season on. three
1: with Batgirl? No. <laughs> Otherwise, the show would have seen season Spoiler. four and continued on. <laughs> um, fun side note: they actually mentioned Batgirl in this episode. They, they do. do. Yeah. Barbara Gordon gets mentioned. Yeah, the yeah.
0: like Commissioner Gordon, when like everyone's getting frozen, they're like, "Oh, I'll tell my uh, niece uh, Barbara to come in." She's like, "Come into Gotham City." I'll tell her to come in a day late instead. And it's like, Ugh. yeah, he has an ice pun. Do you remember the ice
2: pun? I don't. And he makes this look after he makes this <laughs> dumb, dumb pun, and he looks so self-satisfied because he made this dumb joke. What's the joke? What's the joke? I have an icy situation to contend with. Something so stupid. Uh, Bonnie, uh, please call my daughter Barbara at college. Ask her to take a later plane home. I want to meet her, of course, but I have some cool facts to face before I get to the airport.
1: Going back to the ratings briefly. Yeah, so the ratings uh, didn't go up for season three. Didn't go up for season three. So partially to blame for the fact that season two was cratering, was Lost in Space is still a huge show. The Netflix one. Yeah, the Netflix one. Yeah, yeah back in 67. Yep. Okay, and William Dozier, the producer of the show, fan of the Carpet King, and also the narrator that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode. Is he the is. narrator? Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I think so. I think it comes from the fact he didn't want to pay an extra person. Yeah, fair enough. That's my theory. I don't. I, know I
2: can't believe it's that easy to get on Batman. Just give somebody, give the producer some new carpets, and then you got a cameo. That'd be cool. Like you're like- a celebrity.
0: You, you serve him at the drive-thru and he's just like, hey, say, I do a little uh, TV show. <laughs> give me a free here. burger, yeah.
1: Do you want to come around? You can be the burger man. It's how Chris got on his podcast. Exactly. Yeah. he give you a burger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found him at the McDonald's up the road. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't work there. He just knew I was a man in need of a oh, cheeseburger. That's a sweet deal.
0: Yeah. He thought I worked there. That was the weird part. He just started being
1: like- Yeah, right. Pushing
0: money into my chest. And I was like, all right, he's a cheeseburger.
1: You just need to know your way around the loose change menu. That's true. I'm yeah. a very uh, thrifty McDonald's man. But anyway, William Dozier had said that both shows, being the Netflix Lost in Space and the 1967 Batman show, appeals to the same audience. And he said, we estimate that 60% of our viewers are in the 4 to 12-year-old age bracket. 60%. 60%. So what? That, does that not make sense? I don't know. It's just we've been talking about this Spingy kid's show for much of the duration. Oh, you think podcast. that's too, that's very low for a kid's show? Oh, no. I mean, I just think that that's just good information to have, that they really did think they were doing this for kids younger than teenagers.
2: I mean, every episode has something bizarrely out of place that you would never put
1: in a kid's show. <laughs> like the other week with the milk and cookies. Like, like milk and cookies, like in this one. There was an episode, for those who may have missed that episode, and for Chris in the room here. I did miss that episode. It ends with Bruce Wayne talking to a woman of whom he's interested in, with Lee Merriweather in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Bruce and Lee Merriweather are there at the end of a the night. They've just gone out for a date, and she invites him back into her apartment. Okay, which is pretty risque for Batman. And Batman's like, no, 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 I can't really do that. I've got to be up early in the morning. It's 10.30 at night. Like, it's not that late, Batman. But apparently he needs his naps. So, you know, we know that much. But she suggests, you sure, you don't want to come in for some milk and cookies. And Batman turns to the camera and says, a crime fighter can't survive on crime fighting alone. And then I have a massive pash... In the hallway, and then they go in the room. I was watching. The people watching this are four years old. I was watching
2: it with my seven-year-old son, and I had to stop it and explain uh, and have the talk with him. The
0: cats and (laughs) the bats.
2: Yeah, and he hasn't slept since. He hasn't had a wink of sleep. Chris,
0: I really like the concept of horny Batman. Um, (laughs) I don't know the. I don't know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, so has the phrase horny Batman been used on the podcast That's yet? That's definitely the first time, Dan. Can oh, I- listeners, take a drink. Yeah, sweet. Um, like, I love Prince's album for the
0: first Tim Burton movie. And in that album, in the linear notes, he has every song to be kind of implied to be sung from the, the perspective of a character, like one's from Vicky Vale, one's from the Joker. There's one called Scandalous. And uh, that song, in the way that most Prince songs are, is just undeniably horny. But he does it from the perspective of... I forget if it's Bruce Wayne or Batman, but it's Bruce Wayne and Batman and Vicky Vale. And the entire song is just a subtext of just like, yeah, Batman's... Batman's gonna fuck Vicky Vale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's great. And like, I love that album. It was just like... It's this weird, like, Prince's vision of Batman. And his Prince's vision of Batman is this like, really funky and sensual dude. And I like the idea of his like... The implication that like, maybe... Batman could deal with his inner demons a bit better if he took a load off every now and then.
1: Sarah, can you please define exactly what do you mean by take a load off? No, no, don't do that. This is a family-friendly podcast.
2: I know we need to move on, but can I just mention uh, one very inappropriate for children thing that happened in these episodes? Yes, sir.
1: That bit where Batman
0: stabbed a dude and just like <laughs> played around in his blood? Very weird. Well, that sounds like it was an outtake. <laughs> but, um, Had a trident. So
2: the professor won't give up his formula. He uh, has written it out, but he's forgotten how it works. Glacier Glaze comes in Inure and she says, what are you doing with, with the professor? And they're trying to get him to jog his memory or whatever. And Eli Wallach says, go, Glacier, go. And she kneels down next to him and starts caressing him and kissing him. And then it fades. What is happening there? What is she about to do?
0: What is going on? I think he, she was... Uh warming his cool heart
2: like with kisses
0: him? and caresses yeah with milk and cookies like mean? hot like the really you know how like when you get cookies hot out of the oven that are kind of like <laughs> melty and gooey that type of cookie
2: i like bringing the milk and cookies
1: yeah. back into it <laughs> so i was seriously thinking about horny batman still oh man we probably need to mark a few moments of respect here. So this is the final appearance of Mr. Freeze in the Batman TV show. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. F- – well, until Batman and Robin. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, let's just say rest in peace. Yep. We've also got the final installment here of two episodes a week. But also we've got the final appearance of Aunt Harriet as a regular in the show. Oh, she's not regular anymore. Aunt Harriet's always regular. Well, Aunt Harriet makes her appearance a couple more times in the series, but she's not a regular. She's not part of the –
0: it's oh well, that's a shame. No, I was gonna unique. ask.
1: Uh, I think it was really sort of budget constraints. So the show not rating as well as it was, plus they had a new cast member coming through in the way of Yvonne Craig playing Batgirl.
2: Right. Uh, as a as a kind of dedication, would you like to do your famous
1: Anne Harriet impression? Uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> No, we're not going to do that for reasons of good taste and decency, Nick. Okay.
0: I like the bit in this episode where like Aunt Harriet and Bruce Wayne are backstage at the ice show and like they're in Glacier Glazer's green room and like Glacier Glazer's like compact is on the table, which is actually a like two way <laughs> communicator with Mr. Freeze. And they walk in there and like Bruce Wayne's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And like Aunt Harriet just beelines for that compact and starts like opening up and messing with it being like, oh, what's this? And it's like chill out, lady, like, I don't come into your house and, like, messing around with your, like, slot cars. Like, back off. It's really rude. You'd think that, like, is she the living nanny, like Alfred, or is she just- I thought she was a maid, but I think yeah. she
2: just- um, Look, she just
1: lives there because she she's- She just loves there. Oh, right. <laughs> Learn your place. We like to talk to our guests on Batman Land, and as I think you're going to be one of our last guests that we have on, because we're shaking up the format, like the show itself- it's gonna be just myself and Nick from this point in. I think is it? Yeah. Sorry, Chris.
0: Uh, but can I come back for the beach no. blanket one? Oh, no, no, no.
1: I want to see surfing Batman, <laughs> where he challenges the Joker against surf off. Is that yeah. in, the sh- in the show or in the movie? It's in the show. Oh, all right, strap yourself in. There's some great stuff in season good three episode. to come. So obviously, you're familiar with the show. When do you remember first watching Batman?
0: Um, I remember watching it as a kid because my my mum and I think my my dad are both big fans of it. Like they grew up during that period uh, Mm. of, like, show being popular. And I vaguely remember it being on just, like, TV. I think they used to play on TV1 on Foxtel, and I might have played on just a normal, like, free-to-air channel. Um, And I remember my mum put that on being like, oh, it's Batman. Like, I remember growing up and watching this and, like, I love this. You like Batman, Chris. You're, like, four years old. Check it out. And, like, I remember watching it and just being like, oh, this is cool. Like, even as a kid, I kind of thought it was a bit goofy. Like as a four year old, not as I don't know, like five, six year old. But like Power Rangers was cool, but I felt like this was a bit goofier than Power Rangers. And like Watching Power Rangers as an adult, it's like, oh, this is. I imagine as an adult watching Power Rangers now is how a lot of people who grew up in like the sixties and seventies feel watching that Batman show of like, oh, this is very like camp and ridiculous. But when I was a kid, it was the best and coolest thing ever.
1: Yeah, uh, Tommy from the Power Rangers is less horny than Batman.
0: Uh, I don't know. He would probably say like if Batman's 10, he's probably seven, maybe an eight. Yeah, sure.
2: Was that, as a child, was that the last time you had seen any of Batman Um, before watching these episodes?
0: Uh, I've been actually. I have caught a couple episodes uh, airing on uh, SBS Viceland. and oh, so uh, I've heard of it. Uh, yeah, a little, little, <laughs> little, uh,
1: shout out, little channel
0: that could. Um, I've caught a couple episodes. Seven
1: thirty Friday nights. That's right. There we uh, are. Fresh episodes. repeats at the moment. Monday, through Thursday, from six thirty to seven thirty. And on SBS on demand. Indeed. Very nice. That's that's the drop I was looking for. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, like I've caught a couple episodes. Um, my partner has never really has seen it. So I've just been like, I think I caught the episode with uh, Green Hornet and Kato and just oh. being like, oh, that's Green Hornet. And like, that's Bruce Lee there. And like, she'd never seen, really seen this show before. And it was just like, look at this, look at this.
1: And was she confused that Bruce Lee wasn't really doing anything?
0: Um, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. She didn't realize until I was like, that was Bruce Lee. And she was like, that was Bruce Lee. And I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> just some guy standing there. Yeah, pretty much. So, obviously, you're a big comics guy. Uh, When you think about Batman, like, who's your Batman? Do you think about Adam West? Do you think Michael Keaton? Do you think of the animated Kevin Conroy Batman? Like, or is it the comics Batman that you think of?
0: Uh, Animated series, definitely. Like, that's... Really? That's... Yeah.
1: I think he's the second or third person that said that. It's generational, though. So the younger people that we have in doing Batman Land. is the animated series every time. Yeah, interesting.
0: Like, my first memories of Batman are watching episodes of the animated series after school. And I have memories of seeing Batman Forever in the cinemas, but I feel like I was way too young to be seeing that in the cinema when it came out. I know I definitely saw Batman and Robin, but like Batman Forever, Batman Returns and the animated series, those kind of like blur together in this like childhood haze of like, that's my first uh, encounter with Batman.
1: Yeah, it was part of that glorious time where What's Up Doc used to be on in the afternoons on Channel 9 playing the Batman cartoon. I remember that. Yeah, who's by Katrina Roundtree.
0: Why doesn't anyone ever name the guy from the forties? Oh, the one who was in the super racist
1: one with the like. Was it a racist one? The movie serial?
0: Yeah, there's the. It's very like, nineteen forties, non-specific Asian uh, villain with like the big buck teeth and stuff. Is it? Does it? Yeah, it's like super. It's that very like nineteen forties like we're going to refer to them as some kind of Oriental, and it's like,
1: oh, oh no. this is this not aged well. Nick, do you know why we don't have anyone who references that specifically? We no. haven't had any 85-year-old guests come into the studio. Well, there's but it, plenty more opportunities. It is interesting talking about those original movie serials, and I think we've talked about it briefly on Batman Land before, but the reason the entire TV series exists is purely because the movie serials from back in the day became a bit of a hipster item with college kids. And so there was, like, a bit of heath around Batman. And because all the college kids were doing it, when William Dozier was looking for a, like, a hip thing to put onto TV, he saw the college kids watching that. And so brought Batman to the TV screen.
0: Didn't Andy Warhol try and do a Batman thing? I, I know there's that, like, famous shot of him dressed as Robin and someone dressed as Batman.
1: Yeah, but it comes out of this countercultural sort of yeah, time where yeah. people were watching the Batman movie serials in university campuses.
0: That's, like, in the... 60s 70s when like the big uh, original boom of marvel comics um doctor strange uh the original like steve dicko stanley uh run was very trippy and psychedelic and apparently that was always a really big hit with uh college students at the time i think there's a Godard film where there's a jack kirby captain america like poster in the background or one of the guys characters is reading it but yeah like marvel at the time was like a big kind of like college students were real into it. Yeah, very stuff. much so. Yeah.
2: yeah. Do you have any heart take perspectives on Batman Forever and Batman and Robin?
0: I haven't watched Batman and Robin in a while. I think I probably might rewatch it after this, but um, like I like Batman Forever. I shouldn't. I don't what? know. Like, well, that's the thing. Like those have that like, as an adult, I know it's bad, but I watched it when I was a kid. So I can't totally throw it out. Like there's that weird nostalgic
1: attachment to it. I used to wear a lot of glue as a kid. I'm not sure I really have a lot of nostalgia for it though. That explains a lot. You have a lot of of attachment to it because it's glue. Yeah, I got it. Did you you get it? It's only ice puns. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. So each week on Batman Land, we do like to look at the lessons that we've learned from the Bright Knight himself. Nick saying, let's go with you first. What did you learn from Batman?
2: So what I learned was um was about Batman himself. Um I thought I, after watching um hundreds of these episodes that i know I knew everything there was to know about the bright knight. But apparently he um carries fish in his utility belt. Yeah. Which is absolutely disgusting, but yeah. I guess it but it worked out as useful.
0: He has to reek, right? And like that has to be like a smell that carries like someone has to be like man why does Bruce Wayne yeah, always smell wow. like dead <laughs> sardines that's bizarre also, also Batman sells a lot like sardines they're alive as well and it would tip off was it a live yeah, fish yeah he's like I oh, always keep a live fish like oh he's doing the like uh, Adam West is doing like the little like hand twitch to make it look like it's alive but like it's absolutely dead but he mentions it's alive and it's
2: like how, are you, how do you think about keep, how do you do that the psychosis
1: of someone who dresses up like a bat to
2: fight crime and just and carries live fish around with
1: him in a belt. The Batman Catwoman sexual dynamic makes a lot more sense if he's uh, carrying around fish true. on him. Oh, maybe that's what it's for. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about the catnip. Uh, Chris, what did you learn from the great man?
0: Uh, I learned that uh, if it is cold outside, you should absolutely wear your super thermalized bat skivvies. Mm. And also, if it's very cold, uh, you should also take your reverse thermal bat lozenge to keep warm.
1: Those are great lessons to take into winter this year. Um, I learned that you don't actually, and I learned this through The Carpet King, you don't actually have to be a charismatic actor to appear on TV in a guest starring role. Yeah, anybody anybody can be do uh, it. Yeah, It's all fine. Hey, Nick Bessine, let's get out of here. This has been The End of Another Batman Land. You're on social media, right?
2: Yeah, you can find me at
1: slotcars or at Nick Bussain excellence uh chris you're on the socials
0: yes uh, i'm on twitter uh you can find me uh, my username is Garf Life, uh spelled g-a-r-f-l-y-f i named it that because i like garfield the cat and i want to live a life much like that orange cat so yeah Garf Life. do you hate mondays i look i hate mondays love lasagna
1: Okay. Well, it all shakes out. He's living a yeah. life. If you guys end up doing like a Land podcast, I know a few things. Hit us up. Okay. Well, let's talk to management about that one. Now, Chris, you're going from comic book readers to comic book publisher? Yeah. My big goal for this year was
0: to publish a comic book and uh, I've completed an, an anthology book. Uh, it's 10 short comics Every comic themed around music And they're all different Like one of them is A cartoonist Like Looking at how Taste has been developed One of them is this Awesome Conan the Barbarian Tribute to a King Gizzard album uh, And one of them is A like short explainer Of how the band The KLF Burnt A million quid One time But yeah, uh, it's called Meet Me in the Pit. You can find it on my Etsy store under Blueprint Comics. Uh, If you jump on my Twitter account, I imagine it'll be at the top of my Twitter pinned. Uh, But yeah, jump on there. It's like 10 bucks an issue and yeah.
1: So I'm guessing by Etsy you've got a print version and there's a digital version as well?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm doing a, I think the print version is 10 bucks and the, you can grab a digital version for five. Do
1: you also
2: make fun crafts?
0: Uh, Yes, I've got a bunch of uh, like wallets made from uh, seal skin.
1: (laughs) Fantastic folks can find me at the Dan Barrett's. If you're talking about Batman Land on Twitter or your other social medias of choice, use the hashtag Batman Land. Helps people find and follow conversations, apparently. I, I hear that's how it works. If you like the podcast, leave a review, helps other people find the show. We've got a bunch of other podcasts you might like. We've got a Handmaid's Tale podcast called Eyes on We've got the Good Fight podcast with the fantastically named The Good Fight SBS Fan Podcast. And of course, Batman Land is here each and every Friday what night. What I
2: love about that name is that it
1: tells you what it is. It's right there on the label. Yeah. Batman, you can find an SBS of every Friday night from 7.30 to 8.30, then followed by the nude people from Out of Looking for Eve. Uh, You can also find uh, episodes stripped Monday through Thursday nights from 6.30 to 7.30. Guys, this is the end of Batman Land for another week. We'll be back next week. Same Batman Land time. Same Batman Land channel with Added Batgirl. Very exciting. Very exciting.